Welcome to Fans of the Forge, where we are recapping Season 5, Episode 38, The Pipe Tomahawks. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So, uh, this week, we have Mike, who has four years experience as a part-time smith. He's a teacher and coaches 7th and 8th grade girls basketball. His strategy is to beat one person per round. It's pretty solid. <laughs> so, we also have Cody who is a part-time smith with 11 years of experience. Um, he's not blessed with a silver tongue. He's blessed with silver balls. That's what he chose that's, to represent. That's himself. what he said. Uh, moving on. I don't know. He had, he had something else about that, but it, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> we have Rob, part-time smith, three years of experience, newly married. His wife hasn't been a hindrance um, immediately asked to have that part cut out, so she's supportive. And but uh, they don't cut it out. No, they don't yeah, cut they it can't, out. They, you don't. You, <laughs> you don't tell them what to cut out. No. Once you say it on those <laughs> yeah. cameras, they do what they want. And finally, we have Buddy, a part-time Smith with six years of experience, who is also the first deaf competitor. Mm. Wants to be the first deaf Forge and Fire champion to represent deaf community and show that anything is possible. I'm so, friends with him on Facebook. Well, all right. Were you before? I was before this episode. Nice. Oh, he added nice. me as a friend about a month and a half ago. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, let's go through our picks. Mike was my underdog and Chris's underdog. Cody was my pick. Rob was- You chose the silver balls. Yeah. He's the ringer. He is the ringer with that 11 uh, He's got 11 experience. years, you know, and uh, he appears to be Irish, so I'm going to go with that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob was Teresa's underdog pick. Buddy was Teresa's pick and Chris's pick. I wanted Buddy to win. Oh, yeah. Me too. So, round one. Blade in a can. So, these guys have to forge gut hook knives using steel wool in the canister Damascus. So, they're given cans. (laughs) Open them up. What's inside? Steel wool. And then you have to use powder in a canister to make a billet to then make this gut hook knife. Seems kind of like making a knife out of cotton candy. Yeah. I, I Immediately, I'm just like, this is, okay, another curveball. Um, you're going to have to really compact that steel wool. You're going to, you know, it's so easy to have voids in there. The powder, you know, you're asking for trouble. So, yep. but. But it is really fine material too. So I feel like you would have more of a chance of it. You'd have a better chance of it melting down because of how thin the True. wire is in that compared to some of the other thicker materials that they've had people like screws and things yeah. in there that are a little more dense. Yeah. Right, but because of the way it is, it's harder for the powder to get in between all there. So as it's melting, there's like gaps. Yeah, it could be some air pockets. So what the judges were saying is you really ought to compact it, get it tight, and, and work it that way into the can. The blade parameters, the length must be between 8 and 10 inches, no more than 22 Tang can be a foot long, perhaps, which is crazy. It seems to me weird that the tang would be longer than the blade itself. Wait, eight to ten inches, no yes. more than twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. that is crazy. Um, it must include a sharpened gut hook somewhere near the tip. And there's a note here that it looks like Will used a little bit of sign language during this. Oh, so like at the beginning of the yeah. round, he would sign it. While he was saying it, so that oh, that's cool. Very minor, but it was there. 
Nice um, job, Will. So, checking out Mike. Um, grabs a canister, coats it with whiteout. Um, really kind of packs a steel wool in an attempt to have, um, you know, fewer air pockets, if not none. Uh, he has trouble getting a can off. Um, when he does, he works a billet, and then he's hot-cutting the gut hook into the, the blade and gets a warp after the quench. Cody, um, of all the Smiths on the episode, Cody has the most years of experience, but no practical experience with canister Damascus, uh, doesn't use liquid paper, um, was alternating between powdered uh, steel and the packed steel wool. Um, attempts to take the can off using angle grinder. Dave says the time spent removing the can is worthless. The can is part of that steel now. Yeah, it's it's one thing to put the liquid paper and try to grind it off. Right. It's another thing to not do it and think you're going to. You're not going to. He was to trying get- to cut it, and mm-hmm. it's just yeah. You are wasting a lot of time. Just go with it. Uh, plan B was to effectively turn the blade inside out. So he cut it open like uh, a fillet. Fold it over and reforged it so that the mild can is in the middle. So the hardened steel is on the outside. Yeah. Oh. And then the can ended up like on oh. the inside. Yeah. So it was kind of neat. Um, but, you know, you're racing against the clock. So, you know, tough call might might screw him up. But, I mean, it, it probably would have been easier if he'd gone the method that a lot of guys have done in the past where you just forge it out and then grind away. And hope that you're grinding down to right. this the harder steel, but is what it did. You do what you got to do, and in the moment. he got it done. Um, he forged the gut hook into the blade and had a good quench. Moving on to Rob, he welds rebar to the canister before using liquid paper and filling it. Leaves a vent in the can, but unfortunately, the vent was too big and throws it in the forge <laughs> and just spark show. Um, he begins taking the can off too soon, and he has to start again with less than two hours left. Um, But his second canister is going much better than the first. Um, He was using a bandsaw to cut the gut hook into it and had a giant fireball on the quench that almost burned his whole face off. (laughs) They asked about eyebrows. Yeah. He still had it, which is crazy. I I didn't think it was going to last. There's no way. But uh, good quench. Then we move on to Buddy who has uh, 15% hearing and will have an interpreter on the set the whole time. Um, Uses the press to help set the weld and speaks to not wanting to press uh, too much so as to not get the can off. Dave thinks he jumped the gun um, using a press too soon before the whole billet came together in the can. Uh, While getting the bill out of the can, sparks are flying and judges say that the weld isn't set. And about three quarters of the billet falls to the floor. Oh, yeah. So you, he's hammering on it. You see, like sparks kind of just popping out. Like yeah. it's not like a lot, but there's mm-hmm. some. So they're saying it's it's not a full, you know, a solid billet. Right. Um, but he takes that three quarter billet that fell out and uses that to make his his blade. Um, he ground the gut hook in and got a good quench. So it's interesting that each of them had a different way of getting the gut hook in but they all did yeah. it differently yeah cut it grind it cut it with something else <laughs> <laughs> so i know uh you know there was a commercial because they're commercial for an advertisement uh that had will willis for 
his citizen watch and it shows him forging a blade. So. Has he always been a smith? Uh, no, no. He has not uh. always been a smith. There is a YouTube video where him and Doug go to Jay Nielsen's house and Jay Nielsen taught him them both how to make their first knives. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was a while. That was a couple of years ago. So but since then. I'm sure he's been Will, practicing in the yeah. forge. Yeah. <laughs> since then, Will has made more knives. I've seen on his Instagram he's posted. So he's kept up with it. I don't think Doug has done any more with it. And that's not the first commercial I've seen Will in on the History Channel either. You doing with a vehicle? It was a, was it a Ford or a It, it was a, a Ford. It was a Ford. Ford, yeah. And he was smithing in that one as well. And I think, I don't know if he actually was smithing or if he was just in the forging area and then there was an unnamed smith doing something while he was talking. Yeah, I don't recall him doing any work, just looking cool in the but truck. according to what I Looking I've dreamy read, in the truck. Looking dreamy. <laughs> one, one of the, the guy that was actually doing the forging was one of the guys that was on a, an episode not long ago. It might have been... Bardiche episode. Oh. One of those contestants actually. But they hmm. shot that particular commercial years ago. Yeah. But he wasn't he wasn't a contestant then. Just so happened he somehow was involved with it. Mm. Anyway. Well. Not really necessary information for any of this. So uh, I was curious. No, yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's, no, you yours was a good question. <laughs> I went on a tangent. Okay. Moving on to judging. So for Mike, uh, Ben likes to profile. The gut hook is a little aggressive, and he had a bit of a warp. The um, gut hook is a little aggressive. By nature, you would think the gut hook would be a little aggressive. <laughs> they explained why you don't want it to be too aggressive, because if you cut into the bowels of the animal, you like contaminate oh, the meat. Yeah, you, you want, want it kind of close to the spine, not hanging out there. Yeah. Oh, I see. If you watch the episode, you might know. Some people... <laughs> We're too busy this week to watch the episode. <laughs> yep. So, Cody, uh, Dave says it's a nasty gut hook. Not even really sure if it's in a good or bad way. Maybe let's just say it's a bad way. Uh, <laughs> and there's uh, a crack on the edge uh, that could cause him some trouble later on. Uh, Rob, Doug says the gut hook needs to be refined, but overall it's a solid blade and commented for starting over. Um, and Buddy, there's a lot of cracking in his blade, unfortunately. Um, it looked pretty, I don't know, like almost it was, if it was ready to crumble and, and like yeah. one part. So unfortunately, Buddy got the boot and he didn't have enough material left on his blade to fix the cracking issue they had going on. So takes okay. us to round two. Round two. They had to attach their handle using only natural materials. Mike, he started with addressing the warp in his blade. He used the three-pin technique and heats up the spine so that he can straighten it out. And then for his handle, he chose scales of ironwood. And he had some issues with the epoxy curing uh, more quickly than he expected. But otherwise, he got his handle on. Cody, he starts with grinding out the crack that he had in his blade. And then he was drilling a hole and trying to get a hole drilled, but the hardened tang was just giving him a lot of trouble with the the hole drilling, so he had to switch to a rotary tool to cut. Yeah, so he was smart. Like, he knew about over... Yeah, like, the sound (laughs) of the drill trying to go through is like, all right, that's not going to... 
that's no good. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew something about it, but you know, Dave says, well, if you just cranked up the speed on a drill, he'd be able to get through it. You know, if you doubled the speed of it, yeah. he'd be able to get through. But he just popped, punched a hole through with the rotary tool, and it was done. So you can see like a couple of spots he drilled like um, he tried like three times. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. In the tank, and he just couldn't get it done. Okay. And then while grinding, he discovered a delamination near the tip of his blade. That's not not good news. That's supposed to be starting. Okay. So for <laughs> Rob, he started by addressing the hook issue. And he begins with sandpaper, gets frustrated with that because it's just not working quickly enough, and switches to using a Dremel tool. Yeah, he, he couldn't get it sharp. He's just trying to use sandpaper to kind of work it, and he's just, it's too narrow. So he's like, all right. He's... Dremel tool is a perfect tool for tiny little edges and things like that. So it made Well, sense. you might find out that it might not be. Oh, Ocean. You would think so. You would think. I so. would think so. Maybe if it's used improperly, I I think that it just wasn't. He 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 formed it. He profiled it, but it wasn't. I guess refined enough. It wasn't okay. sharp enough later on. Gotcha. So for his pins and scales, they line up. Um, he puts the epoxy on, and uh oh, they don't line up anymore. Oh gee, I wonder why. He had the scale on the wrong side. <laughs> Why does this happen so often? I mean, okay, it's we've, we've, we've talked about it. Yes, it's stressful. These guys are morons sometimes. What the hell are you doing? All right. They're not really morons, but it's just, you know, it's just when it happens, I'm just like, I'm rolling my eyes like, okay, so the scale's on the wrong side again, and that's exactly what it is. At least he figured it out quickly this time. Yeah. Versus others, it takes. Well, yeah, I mean, epoxy was like he's like, I don't have time. It's five minutes. It was even less than five minutes because it was hot that day. It was curing fast. Yeah. Anyway, he acid edges his blade, but not on the edge. He puts nail polish on to protect it. Right to protect the edge from being uh, etched. Etched by the acid, making it dull. So he took some like clear nail polish and just put it right on the edge. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I was wondering if, like, tape could accomplish the same thing. That depends Would it on how get long, eaten by the acid? how long the acid takes. Yeah, I right? suppose. I don't know. Anyway, we move on. Maybe some flex tape. Oh, is that the stuff that they make? Phil Swift here. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that, that's not the stuff that they spray on a screen door and make a boat out of it, right? Well, it's it the, the same, same line of products. <laughs> it is the same line. It's the same line of products. Okay. They have a tape form. I don't gotcha. think I've seen that Put one. over holes. Oh and... yeah, they they go out on a screen door for a boat. Yeah, and, they, and to show how okay. the flex seal works. Right. They cut a boat in half and use flex tape to seal it back up, and he's on the water and with a boat. tape to get their boat. Yep. And then there's a flex glue, and they made a a four by four rock crawler buggy just using a flex glue. I'm like, bullshit, dude. There's no fucking way. You glued. And he's just like, they dumped a big pile of like pipe. It's all like formed. And he's like, all right, we're going to put it together. And they just glue it. I'm like, no, man. (laughs) Anyway, there was another commercial break here with a show called Night Fight. Night Fight. What is this? 
What is this knight fight? It, guys dressed up as knights, and they fight with swords. Oh. And I was wondering if either of you had seen an advertisement. I missed know, it. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen this advertisement, right, so but I will look for it. Night fight is I the thing to, we're going to look at next. I have okay. that DVR uh, copy of this episode so I can watch that. So interesting. So I, hmm. I wonder how that works because they do. there are like medieval sword fighting reenactments. We know that. In fact, our interview with Jamie that just came out a day or two ago, he talks about how he does sword fighting and stuff like that. So... But I think it's kind of like this where they make a particular, like they're given a weapon to make, they go make it, and then they fight with it. And oh, they you think see they're who, making the weapon? Yeah, but I'm not really sure how, like if it's at their home or what. Well, I wonder if, what. are there that many knight reenactors that also make their own blades? I don't, I think Maybe they don't not. make it then. I think probably not. I think they there's more people just finding somebody that'll make a replica blade that a knight would use and then go and swing it at somebody. We'll be back next week with more details after we watch the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Or Google it. Take notes on the commercial. Yeah. So we move into the testing. Strength test was a bone chop. Ben Ben bashes mercilessly into three bones seven times. Mike, going through this test, took a little bit of deformation, some rolls on his edge there. Cody, Ben had to readjust after the first and second strike, uh, but his edge held up well with only minor deflection. Uh, his very narrow handle kept rolling. So yeah, was it was a weird-looking handle. It was odd. Mm-hmm. It was very, very skinny. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then for Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob notes, Rob says... Bones are really hard. They keep your body together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that they do. That, I, I think that could be said for a number of parts of the body. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I'm like, pretty sure your skin keeps it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the muscle tissue or yeah. the cartilage that helps hold the bones together. Anyway, he suffered a bunch of chipping during the test, but he had a comfortable handle. And then the sharpness test was a pork shoulder slice. Yeah. Doug says when Mike's up to test. I'm about to go hog wild. Okay. Great dad joke, Doug. <laughs> and then the gut her the gut hooked worked very nicely and the rolls did not cause any issues in cutting the meat. For Cody, uh, with his gut hook, the tip doesn't easily penetrate and lacerate, but it does cut and his edge is sharp enough. With Rob, his gut hook had no sharpness to the tip to catch. You need a lot of force applied to be able to do that. His edge was sharp enough. So because of taking the most damage and having an underperforming gut hook, Rob gets the boot. And we move on to round three. For the pipe tomahawk. Yeah. So our nation's first weapons used by Northeastern Native Americans. This variation represented both war and peace with an axe head on one side and a ceremonial smoking pipe on the other. Original tomahawks used, um, they used wood and sharpened stone. And then in the 16th century, metal replaced stone and the axe heads thanks to our new European friends. Um, the weapons were light and nimble, useful for chopping and throwing, and can be seen in the film Last of the Mohicans. 
So the challenge was to forge a pair of effective, fully functional pipe tomahawks. You got to be able to smoke them, gents. Smoke them if you got them. So for Cody going home to his you know, home forge, day one, he was working on getting round stock down to about um, an inch and a half square. He had no power hammer or press. Day two is a working day. Come back to him on day three where he's chewing up the forging from the previous day and then drilling holes for the pipe bowls. Um, he was quenching the axe heads and both of those quenches go well. On day four, he works on tri- drilling the pipe bowls. And so he uses this long drill like electricians use for wiring and he drills a hole in the side of the handle. So he has to start over, but it works out for him. He takes a different approach entirely with this new handle. Oh, he had to do a whole new handle because of that? Yeah, and they're they're a pair, so he had to do two new handles. Uh, Um, And then they don't show day five. For Mike, he decided to create Damascus for his tomahawks. Day two is a working day. Um, Day three, his goal is to get something ready to put a handle on. So he's drifting holes for the handle. And as he's doing that, he splits the axe head. So now he needs to remake his pair of axe heads. And he... um, he takes two minutes to cuss off camera and then grabs some Farrier's rasps. Yeah. It's funny. He just, like, they cut to commercial, then you come back to him. Yeah, I just need two minutes to curse. And he hears like a couple of beeps. <laughs> and then they show his dog, this pug, just like laying on the ground. They don't show his day four. They come back to him on day five, where he um, fits the heads to the handles and drills holes through the handles to enable it to draw smoke. Cool. So with this particular test, or, you know, judging, and the type of weapon that it is, there's an additional test. It is the smoking test. Yeah, smoke test. Do all four tomahawks function properly? The answer is yes. Um, Apparently, Doug is not a smoker because he coughs and everyone laughs at him. Coughs like Chris is coughing. (laughs) Different reasons, but yes. Um, For the kill test, Doug double wields on a pig carcass. So, Mike, um, made to chop deep and easy to maneuver, it will kill. Cody, the accents made for good a good grip, and the chops were deep and sliced as well. It will also kill. Strength test. Dave throws multiple times into a wooden target. Really, he throws each one twice. Yeah. There's yep. the multiple. Um, for Mike, it had a good feel, comfortable handle, and it was symmetrical. One of the axes suffers an edge delamination, both pieces are still tight. Excellent job. Cody, um, look very stout but feel very light. No damage on either. One is about an inch shorter than the other, but that did not affect the test nicely done. Yeah. What? How yeah. Did that so so he was able to throw it just as easily and they were balanced. But, but when he, he held them, them together, up, one the handle. Like by that much. Well, how does it change? Cody wow. claims that he did not follow the old adage, measure yeah, twice, cut once. Uh, right. Which... But I, I wondered. I was like, "Well, when did he notice? Did he notice that? When did he notice it? If you notice it, why don't you just cut the other one? The other one, yeah. Maybe he already had the the pipe because his like no, had just a, a pipe hole through inside. the middle. No, but his was the he had like a brass pipe in there. Also, would that have been difficult to adjust? I don't. I don't know that it would have been. Mm. But anyway. And then they go on to the sharpness test where um, try to penetrate the red coats. That's phrased. 
So Mike, <laughs> um, sharp, cut easily, they will cut. And Cody, pleasure to wield, feel good, Doug can index, and they will cut. But it came down to that symmetry. Mike wins. Mike wins. Because wow. all the tomahawks yeah. passed all the tests. It was a parameter thing. Yeah. It had wow. to be a pair. Basically, yeah. Dave said it, they were really closely matched. They both performed really well, and it just came down to the parameters that they asked for. Mm. So with that, the points... Uh, I've got 39, Chris has 29, and Sean has 30. All right. There's only, uh, how many episodes left? One? One? Maybe two? I don't remember now. I thought that they were saying this, there was two left, including this one. Yeah. So I feel like Might be one left. the last one. Yeah. All right. Double or nothing. Double or nothing? Oh, like Final Jeopardy? <laughs> like it matters. We're both losing. But if we do Final Jeopardy. How are we going to do Final Jeopardy? You take your points and you say how many you want to wager on the last episode. Oh, my gosh. That's completely changing the rules of the game. You can still win. You can't win if we do the normal rules. I don't. That's your only chance. It's either double or nothing or do the Final Jeopardy. We'll discuss the rules. Teresa can still lose. She could pick incorrectly. You could pick correctly. We'll have to decide if that's how we're going <laughs> to oh do the goodness. final. My goodness, you have no episode. choice. What do you mean? There's three of us. He has <laughs> off camera. You have no choice we'll other than to go. It doesn't with one matter. <laughs> Thank you for watching the episode. Man. This... Apologies for this whole point uh, dilemma. We should have never done points from the beginning. It was my own fault for coming up with the idea. Thank you for watching season five, episode thirty-eight: The Pipe Tomahawks. Remember to follow us on all of the social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, subscribe and like the, the videos that we have. Remember to give us a review on the audio podcast if you like to listen to that, which for some reason this month, lots of people seem to like our audio podcast right. because Yay. our numbers have started I'll, to jump a little bit. Yeah, we'll take it. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. Remember, give us a little five-star review on that iTunes or something. That'd be helpful. Even one would be great. Any of one, them. One review, not <laughs> one, one review. star, please. Yeah, no, yeah. Any, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't five, give us no, one star. No, five please. stars. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. So I guess there might be one more episode left for the season. And then... Night fight. Night fight, maybe <laughs> filling in there. We've also got Master of Arms going on. Yeah, Master of Arms. Check and out some interviews. of Master of Arms stuff. Yeah. And we have interviews scheduled. One that we just recorded. One that we're going to be recording the week before Christmas. And then... After the holidays, another Master of Arms related. All right. Interview. So that'll be interesting. And in the meantime, we still have two more Dragon's Breath Forge interviews. Oh, yeah. Coming out. Lots of content coming your way. Keeping it coming for you guys. Thank you for watching and following us and all that good stuff. We'll catch you in the next one. See you. Bye. Oh, what the shit? You chose the same underdog as me? Yeah. Oh, damn it. He, he was so excited when <laughs> I told him he won the underdog. <laughs> Want me to change it? No. I can swap them. No. I can flip them around. No, of course not. <laughs> For Mike? <laughs> this has been my whole week. He's on that tomahawk. Waiting to speak for when he's done coughing. You okay? <laughs> Continue. <laughs>